Right, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to our uh, Tuesday series. Uh, Clover and I have been doing uh, a conversation each Saturday, or excuse me, each Tuesday morning to uh, talk about SHOT Show and prepare and to get people some tips and tricks. So Clover's joining us from Texas. Thanks for jumping in. Hey, thanks for the invite. And yeah, actually sending an invite. I set this thing up, I think yesterday or whatever, and then uh, never sent you a link. So sorry about the last minute invite. Um, so I don't know if everybody's going to show up tonight. We'll see who, who comes in and if anybody's listening in the future, we're doing this to, uh, um, offer some insight to SHOT Show and then some, uh, like say some tips and tricks for people who might be showing up, um, and as a place to have a conversation, right? So if you've been to SHOT and you have some, uh, ideas or points that you want to offer, feel free to leave them uh, in the live comments or in the, in the comments, if you're watching this in the future. So we've been doing this for a few weeks, I don't even know how many weeks now, and I'm assuming we're going to continue to do it because I know we have a couple of things still on the agenda to talk about. But um, I think this week we plan to talk about, well, I know I really wanted to talk about the show and how to like, how to, how to accomplish the show. I mean, how to attack, I want to say how to attack the show, but like the ways to realistically get around the show. And I think the reason I want to bring that up is because it's changed dramatically last year with the new, I guess I call it another convention center, but like the addition of the new facilities and as importantly, the entrance, the, the second entrance. And if SHOT Show, it isn't a long aisle, but if it was, you know, if it was a rectangle, the entrances would be on opposite ends. They're not two entrances next to each other. So it's really changed the dynamic and since it's only happened one year and it was a really strange year, I just was curious to uh, talk about or interested to talk about, curious to think or maybe think about how it's going to affect the show going forward. We know that they're going to be at the Sands Convention Center for a while. Um, so to get us started, Clover, why don't you take a second, chat a bit about just, you know, how you would describe the show to somebody now that it's got the two buildings. Like if someone said, you know, what is SHOT Show? Where is it? Like about the building and the physicalness of it or whatever i don't know it's kind of weird i you know i was thinking about it as you was talking about the layout there and if you ever watched star trek and seen the 3d chessboard that's sort of what it's like like literally it's like a layer and then it's another layer but that layer is not necessarily directly on top of the layer below it and it's, it's, it's really weird um yeah it's You've got, of course, the main floor, and then you've got uh, the basement, the parking garage, the bottom floor, the whatever. Um, and it's it's really interesting. So let's see, let's see. You walk into the sands. If you go to the left, you can get into the bottom floor area, right? And that's a big room. What's interesting about that or that i guess it's a room uh an area it literally feels like and looks like a parking garage but anyway um what's interesting about that is, is you the whole downstairs yeah i'm talking about downstairs yeah yeah, so, yeah it kind of would be if there wasn't stuff down there and it was just parking and you, you, would, yeah. you wouldn't even you wouldn't even blink right it definitely then like you say that it totally looks like a parking garage. yeah he'd be like yeah, i'm in a parking garage yeah so you um anyway you walk into sand, you hit, you go to the left, big, huge area there. Um, and you walk in, that's massive. What you don't 
what's hard to realize is the width of that when you first, I think, walk into that, because you're going to walk into, you know, one one side of it, and you don't. It's really hard to fathom how wide it is because it's almost wider than you can see because of concrete pylons, things like that. What the other thing that's interesting is there's a whole nook and corner that's kind of around behind you. That room is, I don't want to say L-shaped, but it has a panhandle, so to speak. <laughs> it has this little nook. Um, and a lot of folks miss that, miss that nook. Then um, from there, there's two ways to get to the main floor. Um, there are uh, escalators, uh, stairs and whatnot, kind of in the middle of the bottom floor that take you up to more or less the middle of the, the main floor. And then once you get up there again, the room's massive. Uh, it's also kind of weird because it has some, some big walls, some different things that bat, you know, their bathroom facilities. There's a couple of different things that kind of divide that room off in a weird way that if you're not careful, you'll miss stuff. You'll, you'll, you won't realize that that is not a, an actual wall that divides that big room into another room. It's just a support structure or whatever there, right? A uh, food court area or something, right? Um, and then you've got law enforcement, which are more like, those rooms are lower ceiling. Those rooms are just outside the main room. Uh, well, the thing is a convention center. Those are like the, what do they even call them? They, those are like the rooms that are set up for side things. Those so are like much, the meeting rooms, not the ballrooms, yeah. right? Basically. Yeah. So, you know, so this convention ceiling. center is massive and they've got enough of these rooms to do, I think, eight. So four massive, eight, no, it's nine yeah. massive rooms on top of each other, like four levels. So whatever that is, 12 of these massive rooms. And then one of them is media room. Other ones are upstairs, not even being used or for other meetings. But then the downstairs set are yeah. law enforcement. But anyway, you know, so it's it's like the convention center with a bunch of adjacent rooms stacked four high next to it. Yeah. So if you go roughly, if you go opposite direction from um, that area, remember you're on the main floor now, and essentially you're in the middle of the main floor. You go one direction, you get out into the hallway, where then you can go to other parts of the of the venue of course but right there literally across the hallway is all of the rooms that are connected the smaller rooms uh which are still huge but smaller rooms um where you've got law enforcement that sort of thing if you go the opposite direction that's where you get you know you walk out those doors and you've got the beer garden and then the monorail and then you go into caesar's right um and so I mean, you know, roughly, I guess that's from walking in the front doors of Sands. Anyway, that would be the that would be the layout. Well, okay, and that's, I mean, that's that's I understand what you're saying, but I'm sure if somebody's listening, you know, that's a a description, but it's just still just the Sands. You still got to go out a tunnel or whatever it is, a hole, and then go out into the loading dock, essentially. That they they convert the loading dock five years ago or something. They converted the loading dock, which was just sitting there empty for the longest time, into I guess you call it a beer garden, like a place where you can go buy booze, beer, and if you wanted to, you don't have to buy beer there. You can get beer for free. But if you wanted to buy beer or something to drink and sit down 
and smoke and or smoke uh what five years ago or something they turned it into that and then now there's a bridge across to the new building which is like a whole separate building a, a standalone convention center that are connected by this one umbilical cord and you have to walk outside onto the beer garden outside across a bridge and then you're in an entirely brand new building that's two years old three years old yeah something like that um, so I'm going to try to add to it by just saying, you know, it's Vegas, so nothing was square. It's not like a rectangle at all, and it's not on flat ground. So when Clover describes going into shot, you're actually going down sort of a, I don't know, you're not really in a hole, but you're going down like a hill into the lower side of a building that, I mean, the ground level is sort of what, halfway up? You know, it's only about a half a it's not it's not like a full basement it's only like a sunken basement it's only like you know you're you're probably standing chest deep to the ground when you're in the lower building or the lower floor it's hard to say but anyway yeah, the you're below the, you're below street level for sure i mean partially but not partially much below. i don't think yeah. you're like down in a hole necessarily but, but it's also the below, terrain yeah. of vegas changes a little bit so what happens is there's like a hill there or something and you go down a little bit to enter the building into the big doors and this would be like if they had one event happening and it was like one weekend, this is where everyone would get dropped off, like the main doors of the convention center. And that's where Clover kind of started. And that's where everyone calls it downstairs, but it's hard to picture because it's really ground level. It's sunken a little bit, but it's ground level. Yeah, and it's worth, it's worth breaking in here and mentioning too, where I was talking about starting, right? Um, except for the first year, I never start i never start out there anymore because we drive in and so coming from the parking areas and stuff totally different way to get in as would be if you took the monorail right so the, the well, part i'm talking about now, yeah. walking into basically if you're going to uber or if somebody know, dropped somebody, you off or you took an uber yeah, 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 taxi yeah. that's coming. where you would come in from if you're driving or you know something like that or it if you have your own car different. or you're yeah. parking in you they've like three different four different well there's more now but there's let's let's say three major parking garages that are a, oh yeah you know part of it i guess you yeah. could say it's hard to say because vegas everything shares the parking garages touch multiple hotels and all this and nobody cares which hotel you're in right but uh there's like three or four different parking garages that are uh, i want to say walking but you know technically walking distance to the thing and yeah depending on where that let's say in four different directions if you're coming from one direction you're going to go through a food court you go through another direction you're going through like a mall you go through another direction you're walking across the street you go you know so there's different avenues but none of them go to the main door the main door like clover kind of started like you said was if someone had dropped you off at the main entrance and that was what was so frustrating right. it's a massive building and it's a massive set of doors but at the moment when everyone's trying to pour in nothing's big enough you know it's the bandwidth is never going to be big enough for the entire sixty thousand people or whatever so it was always a bottleneck it was always a frustration because on monday morning or tuesday morning i guess at the beginning of the show everyone wants to get in there everyone wants to see the new stuff and the doors only can open so wide and so many people can fit in and even if they're not even checking badges which they do check badges then you know they're gonna it's gonna take some time even if everybody was working together as like a unit to get everybody in there and that doesn't always happen so um anyway so that's the that's sort of the situation we've got this giant building it's tough to explain and i think the 40 chess is a good example because most people are familiar with the idea of like chess boards stacked on each other and the complication that can happen when you have to think about pieces above and below you and not just to the left and right of you and that's sort of what's going on because i mean it's a great analogy because you're 
doing whatever you're doing on whichever level. And this can be in the law enforcement rooms. This can be in the big rooms and the downstairs. And wherever you are, you don't have to go to an edge or the front door to go up or down. There's, I don't know, four or five different places, maybe 10 altogether, but, you know, different places in each room where you can go up and down. There's elevators, there's stairways, um, emergency exits that are open to be able to be used. And you can navigate up and down. So you can be down here somewhere. And if you know enough about the upstairs level, you know, and I do this all the time, go down these stairs, haul ass over here because there's nobody downstairs and jump back up and you just bypassed every, all the crowd upstairs or vice versa. Um, you can you know, jump between all the law enforcement rooms super easy because nobody uses those stairways. So there's some, oh, what's the word, like layout or terrain that once you get it, you get it. They'll change the the map of the vendors and stuff. But once you know the buildings, you know the building or the building, I guess. Now it's buildings. But um, that was that took a long time for people to get because none of it's square and the maps are horrible. I don't know what goes on in Vegas, but they do not care about making maps that are like consistent with typical blueprints or, you know, maps for orienteering or something. They're maps for people that don't read maps. They're like non-proportional, you know, bad scale cartoon maps. So, if you're not good at converting garbage map into real life, some of those maps are useless. Like the you are here maps are often useless if you're used to like looking at an engineering drawing of a building or something. You know, they're trying to help you by dumbing it all down and it doesn't help. Um, it's too big for most people. There's no way that you can ask somebody who's there, nobody, like people that work in the building, people that work for SHOT Show, NSSF, people that work for a booth, you can't ask somebody where somebody is because nobody would know. There's not, it's not possible for everyone to know everything and there's no way for a bunch of people to know most of it. So you're kind of on your own. They can tell you well, like, there's the door, but they're not going to be, and they can yeah. tell you the obvious stuff like they're Smith and Wesson. But if you ask where such and such is, they're going to refer you to the robots, which will tell you well, where the booth is and then you got to still figure it out. So the, the people, and that's a good point to make. You got to realize that you've got, you know, whether it's talking about standing in the doorways or the hallways, you're going to have people that are handing out programs and, you know, their so-and-so uh, meetings happening or speech or, you know, whatever event, you know, um, and they're, they're announcing that sort of stuff. And that's event staff. Um, those aren't, those aren't people that are, you know, connected NSSF, those aren't people that are connected to the industry. That's literal people that they are there to, to a part of the venue, basically, right? And so, one thing that I will say, though, uh, this is this is my experience, um, is that they're very, very helpful with the building layout as far as where things are structurally as far as like the building goes. Like right? how do I get to the third floor? They'll help right. you with that. Like how do I get to the third floor or where's the closest bathroom or, you know, things like that. They know pretty well because they, they work in that building. Right. Um, but they also, again, have access to a lot of them standing around. They have access to the books, the maps, the, the other things. So, if you do need a booth number now, as far as them telling you where that booth is at, uh, you're in trouble. But as far as the booth number, uh, a lot of times they can get you that if for whatever reason you don't have access to the app or you don't have your own map or book or whatever the case may be that has those numbers. Right. Um, but another thing is realizing 
every booth has a number and they mark the the you know G Webs is right in that there's nothing square about the way shot is laid out. There's all kinds of nooks and crannies and stuff like that. That's it. Just because it's not square doesn't mean that it's not everything is not set up in rows and columns and lines, right? In other words, if you were looking down on it from the top, okay, yeah. it's got a little panhandle or tail over here, but it's still for the most part those walkways, those pathways are straight. So they're just they're, they're straight, they they're do, perpendicular, but they're not like yeah. a consistent grid. So, so some places there'll be a big grid and some places there'll be a small grid. But it, so, they do put a, a rectangle grid inside of this yeah. odd shape so, of the building. One thing that they do is remember to look up, look overhead. One thing that they do is they do once you they do have things hanging in the aisleways, right? Um, that shows this is the so and so, the five thousand section, and it's just like a street sign in a way. It's like got an arrow pointing this way, and this is five thousand two hundred or this way, and the other side are the five thousand three hundreds, right? Um, so once you once you start getting a feel for where, you know, what booths are in what section and where certain sections are at, it is a lot, starts to become a lot easier to move around too, because you realize, Oh, if I'm, if I'm walking a certain direction, like let's say I walk into, right. It's like, okay, these numbers are going to go up as I walk straight forward. These, these numbers are going to rise 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000. If I go to the left, it's everything up to that thousand five hundred. And if I go to the right, it's gonna be everything that is that, you know, five, six, seven, eight thousand, whatever, five hundred plus, right? And so you sort of get a, a feeling depending on which direction you're facing in the in the aisle by those by those signs. They really I think they really do. It's one thing I've 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 always kind of, I don't know, admired or, or whatever. Um, you don't really appreciate it at first. Your first time you walk in, you're you're totally overwhelmed. <laughs> um, and just, we've talked about that before. Be prepared for that because it's, it's going to happen. And it's 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 massive. And it's going to be, you're going to be awestruck. But once you start kind of understanding direction, um, and especially if you're paying attention to the, the signage of certain rows, certain aisles, whatever, um, you eventually, I think you eventually get that concept down and then you, it's really easy to navigate that. But I mean, it, it would be the same way if you were trying to navigate by street signs and you'd never seen a street sign before, you know what I mean? Or you'd never been in a city. So you're not completely aware with the, the layout of that city. Well, or, you can be in a city, but just not be familiar with having to find things out of nowhere. You can live, you know, you can be familiar with the right. concept and not have to do it on a daily basis. I'm sure people that live in cities or library, people that go to libraries looking for new books, you know, they're probably no problem figuring right. out their system, right? Adapting to it. Right. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. they do a lot of good if they would paint one wall purple and one wall green and one wall blue or something. And then, you know, one room had Ooh, I like that. one yeah. kind of lights and another room had different kind of lights. You know, one room had five light chandeliers and the other room had three, three light chandeliers or something. So there's right. some obvious characteristics that let you start to get your bearings. I'm going to yeah. also say that it's sort of like walking into a giant super Walmart. Hopefully everybody's walked into a giant super Walmart or whatever store. feel like, you know, you, they're any kind of chain. Uh, they're all going to have the same signage and they're all going to be essentially the same thing. But when you walk in 
uh, food might be over there, the auto parts might be over there and whatever. And they're not consistent. They're kind of consistent, but they're not. So I don't know what the floor plans, how it works with Walmarts, but if you've walked into more than three or four Walmarts, you get your bearings eventually, but unless you've been in that Walmart before, you're not running from the dog food to the peanuts to the whatever else, right? You're you're gonna have to look for it for a second. Once you figure out, oh, this is the dog food, so the baby food must be around here, or you know, whatever their, their system is, it's kind of like that year to year. So you're gonna go to SHOT Show and you're gonna get it all figured out and you're gonna be like, all right, it's, Walmarts are big, they're bigger than my store. Then you're gonna go to the second SHOT Show and you're gonna be like, all right, not all Walmarts are the same, but I'm getting it. You go to the third one and you're like, all right, fuckers, like you're going to put the sporting goods wherever you feel like it. It's never going to be in the front. It's always going to be in the back somewhere. But, you know, sometimes it's over by automotive and sometimes it's over by the milk. Right. And that's where you just kind of go, OK, you know, what's SHOT Show going to give us this year? We know the pieces that are going to be there for sure. We know what's going to be out right by the checkout. Right. We know what's going to be in the main aisles and the frozen food. Right. It's sort of like that. Yeah, but what I was what I was getting at and I lost it when I was talking about that signage. Um, is when you get your list together, if you've got a to-do list, you know, and we've talked about that before, the preparation, like these are the companies, you know, that, you know, already deal with, and I want to stop and say hi to them. These are the companies that, you know, I want to approach and try to start a relationship. Oh, these are some companies that have some really cool products coming out. I want to make sure I go get pictures, whatever. Um, and you could use the online tools. You can use the app. You can use uh, if they end up sending out another catalog thing this year. Uh, one year they didn't, and every other year they did, which is weird. I like that because I can write and draw in that, uh, and it helps me prepare a little better. You said I just, catalog. I'm just Do you mean map school. or catalog? Yeah, the book that they send you, right? Or they have. Well, it's, it's it's a book. It's not really a map. It's a, yeah. It's more like a cat. It's like a listing like of a all the things in yeah. alphabetical order or whatever. Yeah. Right. And it has maps and stuff in it. Uh, but I really like utilizing that. I'm just, and it's like the right? size of a magazine. Maybe something it is. It's a really thick magazine. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, that's probably just cost. And if they got money each year, they do it or not, or maybe yeah. feedback and cost. Yeah. And it's not time for us to be getting those just yet anyway, but, um, what was I saying? Oh, actually, no, they do come out around now, don't they? So, yeah, it's it's getting it's getting there. Usually around the first of December. Anyway, so when you're doing that and and you're going for the first time, um, group those if you group those by the thousands, right? So, because it'll be a lot of randomness if you're looking through the list alphabetical order and whatever. Then take and be able to sort those whether you're putting those in a spreadsheet or whatever you're doing. And group those by the thousands. If you can group them in, in numerical order, um, all the better, right? The problem with grouping them in in, in uh, numerical order is remember that we're talking about the menu not being square. So it would stand to reason if you were walking down an aisle, there would be, let's say, 63, booth 6320 would be on your right. Well, 600, booth 623. Right, that should be just up there on your left. Um, that's not always the case because there may be a bin, there may be a larger booth, there may be something that screws it up, and so it may be considerably further, you know, on the left or something like that. Right? It may be on the other side of a food court, um, so it may not be a straight line. You may have to go to the other side of the food court and then move actually move over physically you know, one aisle for whatever reason, right? 
like it doesn't make a straight line. It kind of run ran ran diagonal, and you didn't you didn't realize it, right? Um, but if you, I think if you group all of those by the by the thousands, I think that'll help. And then pay attention to your map, your the app online, you know, whatever you're looking at. You know what what booth numbers are downstairs, right? What range? What booth numbers are in law enforcement? What booth numbers are on the main floor? What booth numbers are in Caesars, right? Get familiar with that, those number ranges for each room. That way, if you hear somebody that says, oh, so-and-so, you know, has got something really cool or whatever, and their booth 8320, you know, 8325, whatever, pick a number, then you're already prepped. You're like, oh, wow, that's okay. That's in Caesars. And I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying. Hey, that's that's here. You know what general area? It not being here. unrealistic and saying making two things next to each other that are physically not next to each other. Yeah, yeah. But you know, being familiar with with thing, with the booths in the thousands will help you kind of get an idea of what section of shot you know they're in. Are they downstairs, upstairs? You know, and you won't go all the way downstairs and walk the entire downstairs floor and go crap. This doesn't even go up to. 8,000, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you can't do that. You would, you'd be, you wouldn't, you would never, you could, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody, you can't go into there and just say, I'm going to find the booth by looking at the signs and walk around because you have to have some help. Yeah, you need some idea beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would just take forever. You wouldn't, you would, you would ask someone before you'd you'd go mind numb looking, just walking down aisles of not seeing stuff, wasting your time. But anyway, um, I'm going to go a couple of different ways to approach it. So SHOT Show has been going on for a long, long time since what, 74 or something. So it used to travel and they traveled quite a bit. They weren't like some of the traveling shows that just kind of bounce between a couple of cities. They, but they traveled quite a bit. And since they've been in Vegas, uh, because I guess Vegas is the only town that can handle the size of the show now. They're the fifth largest show in Vegas, and I guess that means that it's physically just too big for a lot of cities anymore. Anyhow, so it's in Vegas, and for the long time, and depending on who you're talking to, you've got people at SHOT Show that have been going there for a long, long time, and then you got people that are there for their first year. You've got people that'll be there one or two years, and you got people that you know will be there for the rest of their careers. So there's different people with different intentions and different um, experiences or whatever, right? So some of the people that have been going to SHOT Show for a long, long time do have more experience, right? More time on the clock, but keeping in mind that it was completely different every year in some regards because it was in a new city, new facility, new layout, you know, who can, when, when it was traveling, one of the cool things was smaller companies that can only afford if it's close, right? Or only think it's worthwhile if it's close kind of thing. You'd get different, a much different SHOT Show when it traveled because of that factor. Now, it's in Vegas, which is fairly inexpensive, so everyone can get to Vegas, or at least everyone can budget it and plan on it now. So it's a little more consistent with the people. But before, the number of people, the who showed up was different. The number, but also who showed up. The booths might all be full, but they were different people. You'd have your you know, Smith and Wessons and FNs or whatever every year, but then it got different. So keeping that in mind, people that have been going to SHOT Show for a long time can have experience and can have experience with things that don't happen anymore. So now... There's a lot more consistency. It's definitely in the same city. It's definitely in the same building. And it's, for the most part, again, people can budget and they can decide they're going to go or, you know, start going or quit going. But that's the only turnover. Now it's very consistent with the number of people that show up. Now, the 
layout itself is not consistent. Some of the main booths are always upstairs, but they're kind of always fighting and jockeying or signing up early. I don't know even know how it happens. We've never asked, I don't think, like how the actual floor plan gets decided. But typically, Leatherman's going to be up front. Spider-Co's going to be up front. Companies you've heard of are going to be up front because they've been going the whole time and they like the idea of being right up front. And like Ghost was saying, using Smith & Wesson as a as a thing, you can have different booths that you might want to use as a reference point, but you're not going to see every any booth from everywhere. So you're going to need multiple reference points, right? So some of those booths that have been there a long time that are consistent are great, but who cares? They tell you where the front door is. Well, you probably know where the front door is because it has a bunch of commotion and it's like bigger and it's got it made out of glass and stuff. But it's kind of easy to see where the front door is. Now using the front door as bearings would be great. But anyway, what I'm getting at is people have been going to SHOT Show for a long time. The show itself, and the show itself is another factor. Like it is an entity and it isn't consistent. It is on a trend and it has patterns, but it's very fluctuating. And that's frustrating for everybody. But everybody is on this, and in some sense, on a similar playing ground where we can have experience going, but we our experience is to be fluid, that it's going to be different. And understanding and being able to adapt and be different every single year is an aspect of SHOT Show that is difficult to get across for people who are looking for the rules or the instructions for, right? So the show is going to get different. The people that are there are going to be somewhere between calloused to the whole problems of what we're talking about and then eager and anticipating the stuff we're talking about. Like some people dig to no end how crazy SHOT Show is. Other people loathe it. Half the people that mope on SHOT Show is because they can't handle it. They just can't deal with the chaotic part natures of SHOT Show. Some people dig every aspect of that, right? So that part of it I was trying to get across here that that's what we're trying to I'm trying to get across is that the show itself isn't an entity that can be mastered. It's a game that or it's like music, like you can play it, and you can play the notes, or you can feel it and you can, you know, enjoy it. Or you can think of it as a labor that you're, you know, something that you have to get right or something like a chore. And, and I think that's the way it is, right? I mean, I, I can, as I'm saying that, I can think of people that go to SHOT Show that have to, and they think of it as a chore. They hate it. And then other people, you know, we talk about it constantly. I think we both really like it. Um, the sections. Let's talk about the sections. Unless you want to chat about anything I just said there, feel free. But we keep mentioning the law enforcement section. There's uh, the media room. We've talked about that before. As far as sections go, you guys talk about the basement. For what it's worth, Clover and Ghost are the only people that call it Dungeon, and they almost always get, they don't, don't talk about it because they don't realize it maybe, or they just overlook it, or they, you know, they're trying to, they don't care. But uh, when they call it the, the Dungeon in front of some people, like, they're like, what? Like, what are you calling it that for? You know what I mean? Like, some people do not like that term. Well, not everybody, only a couple people, but these are the only two people I know that call it the Dungeon. Um, most people just yeah. call it downstairs and it is creepier that yeah. that idea of it being a odd uh, parking lot is because the ceilings are way lower and it, it's such a stark difference you go upstairs and you're in one of the well it used to be a nice convention center it, it well, kind of like a, kind of like the whole thing's kind of like a castle I think that's where it come from it's kind of like the whole thing is kind of like a castle yeah, beautiful and right. upstairs it's such, and it's such a stark difference when you get down there it's not a you know, and, and I've had the conversations. But it's definitely it's like a regular thing. convention center, like a dark, yeah. oh, big yeah. convention center. It's just you yeah. go upstairs and yeah. it's like a brighter, bigger convention. And then you go yeah, across the street yeah, and there's lights again. They actually put like, windows in Vegas. Amazing. 
like big chandeliers and yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so anyway, so you've got these sections, and the downstairs is literally just the downstairs. The booths are smaller, and they're less expensive, and if there is seniority, again, we don't really exactly know how they do this, but the bigger booths who have established and been there forever have the bigger booths upstairs because they can afford it, and they want a bigger booth upstairs. If someone's going to just go to Chacho for a day or a few hours, they're going to run around upstairs because it's just easier, and it's brighter, and they're going to do that. So that's Yeah, there's the nobody. You're, you're not going to find any booths upstairs that are that are one space right so so picture you know for somebody who's never been you, you you've probably been to a gun show so picture a gun show and let's say at gun shows the space is the table right so some people have one table that's all they've got they've got that little just just one table um and then some people have six, eight, ten tables that encompass an end cap, right? They're not necessarily in a row on just one side, but both sides, right? Um, so sometimes they're on the end plus both sides, right? Because they've, they've added to, it's like Lego blocks or whatever. I think tables is that good is a good analogy, though. Um, so in the downstairs area, in the upstairs, the main floor, there's nobody that has a single table. <laughs> like, None of the booths there is, are a single thing. There's a lot of that downstairs that they're lined up, you know, along a row, along a wall. And then you have those that have some that are, you know, tables on both sides. You know, in other words, you can go down either aisle and get to that booth. You've got some that are multiple tables big that, you know, have an end cap, or maybe they're even in a little island out there. That can happen, too. Um yeah, so that's a dynamic. So you're like, oh, I'm here at the Smith & Wesson booth, so I go over here and do something, and then you're like, wait a minute, I'm next to the Smith & Wesson booth, and it's different. It's because there's four Smith & Wesson booths. Yeah, well, there's four sides to it or whatever. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like Spyderco. They'll have three booths probably, one in well, law enforcement, one by multiple. hunting, and then or you know, one somewhere and one in the other building now. Sometimes and if they're they smart, do. they're going to start having one in both buildings, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you'll get turned around. So way you, you can get turned around quick too is not realizing. Oh, I see that, what you're saying. Yeah, oh, yeah. I came. Yeah, go I down came the into this Smith booth. And, Weston, and there's four aisles like that. I came into this booth from the six thousand aisle, right? But I left the booth in, on the seven thousand aisle, right? Because that booth spanned the entire width of that aisle. And so you're totally you get, different than me. I don't even. I mean, I know I there's would. numbers there, but I just know the where the room is, and I know where you know I'm in a giant room, and I you know. I just know that if they're closer to that wall, I'm going to walk over by that wall. You know, I mean, you can, uh, I think you can see every, you can definitely see two of the walls no matter where you are, right? I don't know if you can see the other wall when you're the farthest away. You probably can't. You can't go to the far east side of it and see the far wall over where Caltech is. That's probably too far because the curvature of the earth is just the size of the stuff. But you know, I can usually just, I just know, I mean, I i don't get lost in the building. So I know if I'm looking for something and anyway, so I don't look at the numbers as much as you do. So people yeah, are going to get lost it either, but you're talking about, you're talking about a new person. Right? So I'm just, well, no. And like, when you're talking about finding, I'm bringing thing, that like, up I, I to can't say just that, magically know where the F or where the, whatever little booth yeah, downstairs, I do have I'm to use the numbers. This. I just, usually they, I'll say, where are you near? And they'll say by the one food court. And then I just haul ass over by the food court and then start looking at numbers. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm the same way. Like, hey, give me a booth. You know, where, where are you close to? Or that's oh, yeah. You'll go. And I'm oh, I'm next to that big yellow safe. Or I'm yeah. next to the booth yeah. that has the noise. And you're like, okay, I know where you're at. 
yeah, I know where you're at. Yeah. But if you're talking about a first timer, they're not going to have those, those frames of reference. So no, that's a good point. You know, yeah. and the numbers are constant. So, you know, I'm saying, I'm not saying I, I utilize, I look at the numbers constantly or I'm concerned with the numbers, but if I ever feel that I'm twisted around, I can look at the numbers and then the numbers at this point correlate with my experience of where everything's at. I'm going, oh, okay. I realized what I did, right? I walked out the wrong side of this booth or, you know, I was talking to this person, you know, and we were walking along as we were talking. Sometimes that happens. You know, you're talking to somebody, you're walking along and you stop. You're like, whoa, wait, crap. Where am I at? You know, actually, um, that happens all the time. Hey, I got a book, but yeah, let's chat while I'm walking. And then yeah, yeah you, you come yeah. up for air and you're like, where am I? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Jacob said he sent me an email yesterday. I was running around yesterday, so if uh, I might have missed that. Is it about shot or something? I'll grab it. Um, I was going to say, let's look at the uh, those, what am I calling them? The sections again. So law enforcement. Okay, so I'm just going to go from uh, like some kind of a radar sweep from the north going south. The furthest north thing in shot show is the uh, media room, and that's upstairs in those stack of 12 event rooms or whatever you call like special rooms or meeting rooms or whatever they are these are just effectively giant rooms that have accordion walls that can be divided into four i think actually rooms they usually divide them into thirds and the first floor of that which is technically the second floor of shot show or the main floor and if you call the downstairs the downstairs and you call the main floor the main floor the main law enforcement rooms are the furthest north thing in the show above them is media room and above that is some other rooms where sometimes Let's say a company that does one of those like run around and shoot lasers at screens in three dimensions for some kind of in-depth training. They'll need room for that. They'll need like area for that. Maybe somebody's got like an inflatable BB gun thing for training kids or something. They'll need room for that. They'll put them up in one of those rooms, right? Like they'll have giant rooms for big stuff like that. And you'll have to, you know, go up there. So there's these stack of rooms and that's technically the furthest north. Like I say, the downstairs of those are the three law enforcement rooms that people often miss because they're on the other side of the escalators. You come south from those law enforcement rooms and you hit the escalators and the elevators and the stairways. It's also where they hide what they call the new stuff where everybody who goes to SHOT Show is invited to pay extra money to put their one newest item or something in this like special new section. And then if somebody just wants the extract of SHOT Show, they can go over like underneath the escalators and weird you know, kind of in between the elevators and walk through this little area and you literally just see the extract, every single new thing with no no extra frills at all. It'll be like, here's the new thing. Here's their business card. Move along. And it's just shelves and shelves of everything new. It's kind of neat, but it's also lame because they won't let you take pictures in there. It's kind of pointless to me. But anyway, I don't even go in there. because well, That's don't over in Caesars now. Oh, okay. But that, that, um, okay, that used to be sort of there. And then you come a little bit further south than that, and that's the doors that Clover's talking about, that you walk in at the street level or kind of a below street level where you get dropped off by a taxi or whatever. And that's the lower level just because of the way that the terrain is in the building. And that's where your registration is. And that's people who've never been to SHOT Show before, get dropped off by the taxi or whatever, walk in to get their badge because they just showed up. And, you know, that's the, the quagmire of people that just have never been there before. So if you can help it don't do that if you're media you're not doing that anyway but that's the people that are just attending like gun shop uh owners people that work at ranges trainers the people who are the attendees of shot show uh so then then it's that giant room that clover's been talking about and i guess i was mentioning that there's just no rhyme or reason down there it'll be the atf is usually down there um 
Bishop is downstairs. Um, a lot of people at Clover knows are downstairs and they like it and they, you know, they hang out. It is the first level. So a lot of people don't, they just walk in, they get their badge, they walk into that level and then they go upstairs and go, Oh, there's an upstairs. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's just no rhyme or reason. It's a complete hodgepodge. There's not even, there used to be the back area was the training and the range development and like the machining and stuff. But since they've moved the machining and range stuff out of there, there's, it's just not really consistent. Some of the larger machines, like the lasers and the robots and stuff, will usually be downstairs somewhere just because it's a pain in the ass, I guess, to drag them upstairs. Uh, but then you go upstairs, and again, no rhyme or reason at all for the majority of it. You got the largest booths in the biggest area and stuff. Again, kind of just, you can kind of say that the hunting is to the left of this east side of the big room in like an area because like Fort Knox and the boots and camouflage stuff is over there but you know randomly like aim point is in the middle of all that or like arsenal right so there's no rhyme reason to that there is a yellow section i always call the foreigners or whatever the internationals and they're just kind of stuck right in the middle where the clover's talking about the panhandle the internationals are where the panhandle attaches to the rest of the room and then that panhandle used to be like Caltech and North American Arms and like all the kind of cool companies. And now it's just completely random. It's a lot of safes and ammo and, and targets and stuff like that. Not even ammo, ammo components and targets and reloading and stuff. Players? No, I'm talking the big, big building like north or south of the law enforcement, big okay. law enforcement room. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, there's really the only sections are the law enforcement rooms and then um, uh, the media room. The rest of it is sort of there's regions and they can kind of for a couple of years they were over here or for a few years, you know, these companies hung out together. But there's not there, there aren't a lot of other sections or am I missing stuff? There's the there's that beer garden. And now we're going to include a whole nother building because just last yeah, year they added this new building and it's got essentially I'm calling it. I think of it as I guess depending on how you want to look at it, the big room, the second big room. And then the three little rooms, or is it four little rooms that are like you walk across the bridge and you've got like three or four little rooms to your left. And I don't then you even get look the first like big that. room and the second big room. How do you look the at way, it? The way I look at it when you walk across into Caesars. So you walk across the sky bridge to the left. And, and that's a big building that they don't utilize the entire building. It's, it's also important to notice that, to note that. But on the left you walk in on the left you have because you're walking you walk in and it's a hallway so gotta give some visual here you walk in it's a big huge hallway that runs the entire length of the, the the facility there um on the left is going to be your new product showcase and then sneggy was asking out there because this relates to that do they still have people in the hallways upstairs no um, because that was like the pop-up, no, not pop-up, but the SHOT Show Next or whatever, the temporary one-day, you know, or they give them a little table out in the hallway type thing. Now that they've got Caesars, they don't have that. They actually have a smaller booth area over in Caesars. So on the, the left is your uh, new product showcase type thing. Uh, and then those smaller little, like I was talking about, one table at a gun show, just one table, like little cubicle booth type things, right, along the left. The right is the bigger room. It's more like 
the main floor of, of shot over in Sands. Um, Completely banned them, big room or big booths and space. Room, everything nice. is set yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, it's not all jammed in a little line, everybody in a little cubicle. It's it's actual booth space, right? Um, so that's that's my assessment of of Caesars when you when you walk in. Yeah, I'm thinking like we're just horrible at this. Like we're definitely not professional tour guides. We're not getting paid by anybody because we're just winging this, but I appreciate the people that are hopefully getting something from this. And and it's, I think that one of the reasons why it's so difficult and we're not poor, like we're not bad at expressing ourselves or describing things. This is a massive chaotic event with very little consistency. In it. Our descriptions of it are because of that. At least that's what I'm blaming. And that's even blaming um, so as far as sections, I, th I think that's where I was going. We've got, oh, then we got the food court to keep mentioning that. So the, the Sands Convention Center is adjacent or attached to, I don't even know, is it the Venetian or something? There's there's two there's two hotels that might as well be Siamese Twins or something because they're like, they're somehow there's a wall between them, but they're the same hotel or something. I don't remember. There's the Venetian and the other one. Or is the Sands even a hotel? I don't even think the Sands is there. So there's this shops that look like um an italian is it supposed to be a, like a venice i think um mm -hmm. city or town uh, so it's like you walk out a shot show and all of a sudden you're in italy and there's like a lake in the building and stuff well and i think it's it, worth pointing out before you ever get to that point okay. there are food courts within the show on the on the bottom floor okay well then let's go this way and, the, and the top floor Ghost, there are his recent questions is can you talk about yeah. navigating the food? So let's talk about food first. There's shots, there's media room day. So we're talking media. So I mean, there's media room. We're talking to people who are media. We got free food in the media room, kind of at least in the morning. Don't, don't depend on it, maybe. Yeah. Right? We don't yeah. know, yeah. it's not consistent. And sometimes maybe it'll blow us away and it'll be awesome because everybody complained. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, so anyway, there's there's but there's the potential for you to drag your own food and leave it with them. You could literally bring a cooler of food that you wanted, like in health food or good food and bring it and have it in free and put it in a cooler and they'll hold it for you in the media room. So, you know, that being aside, our cheats, right? We do have cheat codes because we're media, right? Now you can go into the show. Um, the only food there is, is in those two food courts, right? Is there a food court in the new building? Not that I'm aware of. I'm trying to think now. I, I mean, I definitely don't care about food courts, one. but I don't even think I walked past one. There, oh yeah, there is. There is. You know where you are? There's those, I can't remember if there's three or four rooms, right? On that hallway in between mm -hmm. where they would split those rooms or there's like bathroom aisles. There was a little kiosk selling coffee and maybe donuts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's all there is. There's not like a, well, maybe there is. I mean, I could easily have walked past a food court like four times because I don't even pay attention to it. Right. But I would have smelled it, right? I would think I would have, and Ben had to walk around the line. If there's yeah. a food court in that building, they hit it really well. I was well. just making the point before we, we talk about things actually away from the show no there that's is, important there it's is important food people places eating. at the show yeah first yeah you can't go to shot show and assume you're going to just buy food there because it's expensive and bad food it's not not worth eating it's, yeah, not, it's not good not for you as far as like being energy food and you definitely don't want it just unless unless i'm totally wrong most mammals need like have good energy in them for this kind of exertion so i would think of it more like you know I'm, i usually bring stuff to, to chew on and then yeah. i eat after and before because well, there's the no only time that food anyway, but it's anyway. So let's go ahead with the food court. So there's two food that, courts I think downtown. I've, I think I've just to give an idea. The 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 one time I remember anyway, and I may have eaten 
more than that. But the one time I remember eating the food in the food court at the show itself, um, I had like a grilled chicken pie, um, macaroni and cheese, and a piece of cornbread and a drink. And it was, it eat up 20 bucks. It was 18, 19 bucks. I don't remember some crap like that. Was it, it was good food? Did you like it? It was, it was okay food. It, it, it's not like it tasted bad or anything like that. But I mean, it was, it wasn't much food at all. Food. Or, it was yeah. like cafeteria food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I would describe it. Or a buffet exactly. food. Yeah, buffet um, or, or cafeteria. And, but and you only got it. But you only got a finite little amount. You know what I mean? For twenty yeah. bucks, basically. And, well, I mean, so, yeah. I've never heard anybody complain about the yeah. food being bad. I shouldn't say that. It is fancy, but it's, it's like super rich, greasy cafeteria food. Yeah. And depending on how much you eat, big talk to a big fat person, and they're like, it's not enough. You talk to somebody tiny, and they're like, oh, it's plenty of food, right? So. It, the, the amount I've never actually heard anybody go, oh, I mean, it costs a lot, but nobody's like, I'm not full, right? Like the, you get food, but yeah, here's the problem. I can't handle it because you're only there for four days and there's only so many hours in a day. Why waste an hour of it spending a, a lot of money unless you need to sit down? If you need to sit down, then I guess go for it. If you're having a meeting with somebody and they really want to eat, that's when the only times I've ever ate there, right? Like is when somebody else wanted to eat and I'm going to do what they want. Um, so I have ate there before, but it's greasy and gross. I don't like it. It's not good food for me. I'd rather eat like carrot sticks and I hate carrots and I'd rather just eat something decent and then go eat later. It's Vegas. I'm not going to eat garbage in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're wasting your time paying for and eating when you could have an awesome buffet later with your friends, right? Like, come on. So anyway, yeah. there, there are these two food, food courts down downstairs and that's it. There are maybe some places where you can buy a cup of coffee or something upstairs in Sands, but it's predominantly these two food courts downstairs. And one of them is bigger than the other. The one on the east is bigger. And it uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't really pay that much attention, but you have to walk past it. So it typically has just two, maybe three options. And then the one on the right has more like uh, you pay and then it's kind of a buffet, I think. I don't know. Have you been to the one on the west side? It's a little smaller one. Well, it's I a haven't. little bit different. Yeah, I haven't. But yeah. and less people hang out there and it seems like more people prefer everybody I know eats at the one on the east side if they eat there. However, that's expensive. Like you say, 20 bucks easy and and it's and it's there. But here's the thing, you gotta wait in line, and depending on if they got their stuff together, you don't get your options. You know, you get there at the beginning, you got options, but then they run out of chicken or they run out of the thing everybody wants, and then True. you got oh, yeah. I had to get the meatballs or whatever. So, but then you got to sit around waiting for a chair half the time because they, they can never know how much seating to put in there. And if a bunch right. of people want to eat at the same time, it's just such a waste of time to yeah, just stand yeah. around at SHOT Show holding food, waiting to sit down. Again, I've had to do it before and I, I just am letting you know, like I can't imagine a worse way to waste time there. So then a lot of people say, okay, I still want to eat. Okay, great. And I don't want to carry around carrot sticks. I gotcha. So you can get back upstairs to the main floor like I was talking about, and that's where Clover's good point. This is a good introduction. Because when I'm talking about that Venice town or whatever it is, that's just the place where there's like jewelry stores and art stores and clothing stores and then restaurants. Restaurants, yeah. restaurants, and ice cream and gelato or whatever and yeah. chocolates. So it's like, you know, go around, spend money, have some fun with your probably your significant other on vacation in Vegas, right? Um, maybe weddings. I can imagine. It's like a lot of fun for people. But um not when they have SHOT Show there because then a bunch of dudes from SHOT Show and their friends come hauling out of there to go eat at the food court. So yep. there's the fancy restaurants and you'll see plenty of people from SHOT Show in these fancy restaurants like pay $14 for spaghetti and sauce, right? 
or pay like, you know, a lot of money to sit there and drink wine while a bunch of people from SHOT Show walk next to you. I'm sure when it's like quiet and, you know, not SHOT Show, it's probably nice to be in there eating at a restaurant. But anyway, right. it's sort of like a patio with everybody from SHOT Show walking past you. So anyway, it might be interesting. But yeah. um, you walk past all those fancy restaurants and you get to the food court and now they are. I've never heard of these chains, but it's like, you know, the the different types of foods. Okay, restaurant. so when you say you're talking about on the other side of the casino? I'm talking about you walk out and you go to the left and then the left and now you're in the food court from the whatever it is, the Venetian or something. That's and you're going you have to go the through the casino. Where that. Go. Yeah, that's no, through the, the casino. casino. No, well, I you go to the casino. casino. I go upstairs and into where the lake is, and you walk along the lake. You go up. You know where the mime is, or whoever that lady is that just stands there not talking. Yeah, it's like a living statue lady. You go up. You walk. Take a left past her, and then you take the next left, and now you're in the food court. You didn't know that? Mm, I've never been to that one. I mean, I've never ate at that one. I know oh, it yeah, exists. Yeah, you have. Oh, really? So there's another food court down in the casino. Oh yeah, on the other side of the casino. That's the, I would equate it to what you're talking about. It's almost like the food court in a mall, right? Well, that's the same one. About. The same one in the in the in the stores. The food court is like in a mall, but it's like the fanciest. I don't even know the chains because it's like. Well, the, are we going to different? Maybe we're going to the same place a different direction. Yeah, I just never. But been what to I was gonna say, place. what I was gonna say is, it's you like a, go a fancy to, Asian one and like a fancy Greek one and a fancy Italian one. But it's basically hamburgers and fried fish. It's just that they put fancy names on them. You pay a little bit more. But if you more. go through, if you go through the um, the Venice deal with the shops and the and the the restaurants there, um, there are the other right. there are the other right. like you can get to bars and stuff. Yeah, there's other restaurants. Is what I was going to say. There's other yeah. restaurants along the oh, way, it's not, not just, just shops. Restaurants. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's like shop restaurant chocolate place, Ch shop restaurant yeah. chocolate shape. So yeah, yeah, but those are all restaurants. You're gonna sit. Well, maybe down we're going to the same. Around. Maybe we're ultimately ending up in the same place. We're just going a different way to get there. In any case, there's options in the hotel, but they're all expensive and they're all yeah. going to take their time because they don't care about shot show, right? They're but most well, the people go there court, because they want to sit down. They want us the to hang food out court stuff's pretty quick, and there's usually a place to sit down. I mean, I've found. You might have to we, wait a little bit if it's like noon or something. There, right? We eat there once a once a year just to eat there, um, and so and it's usually it's usually a pretty healthy portion for what you're getting. Now it's fast food type stuff, but it's it's a pretty oh you big know what portion for Here, what you're getting. You go and from it's the also we're on, we are on two different levels because I said you go out the main level and you go into the casino. If you if you go out the main level into the casino, I'd never do that. I forget about that. I forget that you can even do that. So if you're on the main level and you walk into the casino, you'd have to go upstairs to the food court. I'm talking about. I'm talking. I, I am not uh, okay. even thinking. If you go out the media room and go yeah. into Venice, then take two lefts, you're at the, the food court I'm talking about, and it's just okay. as far as walking to the media room. Now you're talking right. about if you go through the to the casino. That makes a right. total sense that they have a regular food court at the casino. I would not right. go to that because it's going to be full of people in the casino. Well, is that casino even full during the week, though, during SHOT Show? I, I've, I've never had an issue. I mean, yeah, like okay. I said, it, it's it can't be the a, casino it's a little bigger, little bigger portion for the money. It's still pricey. Don't get me wrong. But it's it's bigger, seems to be a bigger portion. 
Um, and it's probably because it's cheaper food. It's more fast food type stuff, you know, burgers and fries type. Thing. Well, but usually then, in a casino, they're trying to make you happy. They're not trying to make yeah. you sad that you bought food there. They want but to I'm, be happy about it. I'm, I know what you're talking about, too, because we had, when we were coming back from, I think it's whenever we were coming back from Caesars was the first time one time. We had went over to Caesars for a meet over a event or something, and we were coming back. And we come. I think we come back that way. And we come back through the way you're talking about, like to the left of the whole Venice thing and all of that. And yeah, there was, yeah, there was that food court. There was other options there. What you got to realize is that this is, we're talking about Vegas. We're talking about interconnected hotels and, and everything. And there are all types of restaurants and places to, I mean, you're not going to have a lack of finding a place to eat there around shot show you know what i mean um the, but then the I, I agree what you're saying knowing where is, to go you, you could wander forever finding them so like if you're if you're there tagging along with somebody you know like my wife will explore a lot of that right um i don't got time and, and i don't want to because i don't want to take it away from the show you know what i mean and then where can we go after the show right that's much better and the price is even better versus what you, you know, how much you get, right? So the there's buffets just, are back open too. So buffets are open. In are they really nice? Yeah. Nice. And that just means everything's open. If the buffets are open, then that yeah. means the regular restaurants will be back. Because there was a lot of stuff. I was worried open. about that last time because, you know, that one place that we went, they they built walls and, like, made actual restaurants out of the buffet area. You know what I mean? So it's like it almost looked like they would never come back. Because the way they set that up. Okay, so I'm going to go through again. So we've got SHOT Show itself is is two convention centers connected by a walkway. And there are official uh, food courts in these conference, in these convention centers. And they're pricey, but, you know, rich food. I'm not going to say they're bad. They're just, it's too rich for me, right? It's too greasy and salty. But, um, you know, it's food that you'd want to eat if you were hungry and you wanted to have some flavor. Oh, there's something else we're going to add here to that. But do you see parts? And then you've got, uh, there are kiosks. And I should say upstairs in the main room, there are those little places next to the elevators where you can buy like a cup of coffee and some French fries or a donut and some soda or whatever you want to buy, right? You can buy little stuff and just walk around holding it kind of food. And then there's maybe six chairs. Like there's very, it's not a food court. It's just a place where you can buy coffee. Um, and then, as we mentioned, you can go outside the convention center itself, but adjacent inside the same building. And there's a variety of options in those hotels or uh, in that hotel. Um, but then um, the media room has something. There's two other things we got to mention. Then there are, knowing that there's 60,000 people there and that they might want to eat, uh, people will feed people. So NSSF has breakfast. I think more than one, and maybe a, more than one dinner, but at least one dinner. Um, other organizations that might want to give people some information, one way to get them to sit down and listen is to feed them, right? Anything like that. You, you keep your ears open. You might find that there, each of those rooms that we talked about, the media room and the law enforcement room, have massive kitchens behind them. Like, there, any, each and every one of them can be catered. And when we go to, oh, I mean, that, is it the pop-up thing? Thing that was upstairs. Hey, G, twist on your microphone cord or connector or something. You got mad static. Oh, something happened? 
Did yeah, they you got it? really bad static all of a sudden. It's like you're not like you got a bad connection somewhere or something. Uh, you, so I was saying about the upstairs. Okay, yes, yeah, perfect. My nine dollar headset might need to be replaced. Um, and literally, I've got a dollar store headset, so I'll just go buy another. Oh, it's perfect um, now. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Okay, I was saying that those that up that room upstairs, the um, pop up meeting, what was it called? Not the pop up, the uh, the supplier showcase. It had food, so there's uh, this yeah. certain people are going to want to feed you. So keep your eyes and ears open and ask around. And there are going to be opportunities to get fed or to grab alternative food that might be less crowded or more options. And I like I, one of the things I took pictures of. I thought it was cool. They had some vegan options at that place upstairs so that just means that you know they offer they actually said right. hey you know have a spread of food because there's a lot so, of people there so we're talking food um you know one thing we don't need to dismiss is the companies organizations things of that nature that do food um a couple of years now i've hit up the pomo launch and both years professional was, outdoor media association professional outdoor pomo. media association and you know, you got to sit in there while they talk about Poma and they, you know, whatever. And they have a, they have a door prize drawing thing and, you know, whatever. So, I mean, you're wasting 30 minutes or something, you know, 45 minutes in there. Uh, but, man, the lunch was like, it was catered. I mean, I'm guessing maybe they, the hotel provided or, I mean, it was good food. It was great. It cost absolutely zero. I mean, I'm a Poma member. Um, but even if I wasn't, it was just a matter of they wanted people to come and listen to their POMA speech. You know what I mean? And you get to eat while you're doing it. So there are things like that, um, you know, little award ceremonies and things that, um, you know, companies, organizations and things put together. So if you have your ear to the ground, you know, you could potentially pick up on some of those. The, the only difference with those is they're going to be time centric, right? Like, you know, this is happening at 1230. And, you know, if you show up at, you know, 1245, basically, <laughs> you know, like you're screwed because you know, there's only a, a finite amount of food that they put out. The room only holds so many people, that sort of thing. That's another good one. And I mean, that's kind of like what I was talking about with the, but those will be more open or they'll have invitations where that one is going to be more useful too. I think there's actually some breakfast that will be seminars. So keep an eye out for that. But those are, I think, costs because you know, you're going to cover the cost of food plus. Well, the U.S. shooting sports does a breakfast for sure. And then I think doesn't women, doesn't the women of the NRA or DC Project or something to do with women. There's a women's breakfast for sure that happens and then she fires, say, so she fires is out there just to let you know i don't know i'll have to get with my wife to remember what it is probably but there is some kind of a women's only breakfast um and then the last one a, a hack for the people that have been listening for an hour is the places that cook or do seasonings or make stuff so we've we've had i've had more deer at shot than at friends houses you know if you've accumulated over the last couple of years because uh i don't know have you ever been at one at the downstairs food court or with the downstairs food court on the east just south of it there's a place that or there's a place that does because they i guess they put them always there so that they help stink up the food court with decent smells because they're over there cooking elk and venison and 
some other stuff, turkey and garbage. And uh, then there's the one on the south on the north side of it that does um, kind of packaged foods, and they have like packaged venison and elk and stuff like that. And they'll have it where you can get the little cup, basically like if you went to uh, Costco or something on the weekend, and there's somebody handing you a little cup of food. So we've been there, and what we figured this out a long time ago. This is when I would bring you know multiple people to shot, and we were getting a bunch of videos. We would go down there and meet up at the place, and they would just you know at the end of the show, let's say each night, they didn't want to have to deal with that, so they'd be like, yeah, eat everything. We don't want it. We don't want to throw it away. It's food. So you know, this is like elk and stuff. So we would like chow down on elk and venison. Well, That's the only go. stuff I will eat is when it's like legit kill, not. Ghost is putting it out there too but there's the nssf lounge which you know will have food as well so you pay for that but yeah 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 yeah, yeah, bucks yeah. or something yeah but it's food yeah yeah the only option you're not going to pay for is like i said some type of a meeting you know presentation get together thing like that invite only event style thing uh the rest of it we're going to pay for but there's plenty of there's plenty of options around if you if you need it you know uh or if you even if you want to just make a tradition uh, like I said, Ghost and I eat at the casino food court, you know, eat lunch there once a year, you know, just. Yeah, well, just I think there's a lot to that. It's it's something that you can do, right? It's something to, to create whatever, like something more. It, it adds to the value of the thing when you can create things like that. So don't yeah. forget that your first show is the place where you're able to do that kind of stuff. So, you know, everything yep. that you do doesn't have to be the beginning of a tradition, but. It has a potential or the opportunity so go out and get some stuff you know do some stuff and, well and that sort of thing that sort of thing becomes it depends on on you know from a creator standpoint how you attack the show what you accomplish things like that so you know i don't want to put words in ghost mouth but you know for, for me it's one of those things that you know we hit the floor running on tuesday you know it's a great show We've, we, uh, you know, we've accomplished as much on Tuesday as we have, or at least we feel like, right, that you've accomplished as much on Tuesday than you ever have the whole week in years past. You're like, wow, this is amazing. Things are going so great. Wednesday rolls around. It's the same way. Well, then Thursday, it's like, screw it. We can take an hour to go eat at the food court. We've been crushing this show. You know what I mean? So there's something to be said about there's a difference between, well, I'm just walking around the show and I'm just taking everything in, you know, and going and wasting time in a food court. than I've attacked the show. I feel accomplished. You know, I've got all this done. I'm on a high. I'm hyped up. Let me go chill. Let's go chill in the food court for an hour. Right. It's like. We, we've got all this done. It's not going to hurt, you know, because if you were just trudging through the show and Snob said something about, you know, that earlier that, you know, something about not wasting time. It could be at the show, you know, uh, going and get food somewhere or whatever, you know, and, and some of that's true. But if you hit it running, and I think a lot of the newer creators going this year are going to be that way. I think by by Thursday and Friday. You know they're gonna they're gonna feel accomplished. They're gonna have stuff done. They're gonna feel accomplished. You know, and at that point, it's almost like a little, hey, let me take a, a breather, right? This is a little treat. We're just gonna kick back, chill with something from the food court here for, you know, an hour or so, and then get right back to it, of course. But, um, you know, it just gives you a what is that like a planned break, 
while you're also doing something different and experiencing something different. So something to be said about all that. And just to play devil's advocate and uh, be contrary. So yeah, for sure. But you can all do all that at a buffet an hour after shot and not lose that hour a shot. But I hear you. Um, yeah, but we could do that at a buffet the Sunday before shot. Even. So, oh yeah. Like, no, I hear you. I'm just saying like not everybody's yeah. doing it the same way for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. So I was also going to add that, well, I guess that's sort of what I was going to get to. And I was thinking that is we've talked about food a lot, but that's an important part of it. And, um, and everybody's going to eat. So, uh, um, whether or not you take time or money or time, uh, time away from the show to do stuff. And, and if you're going with someone to have a meeting and eat lunch, that's not taken away from time from the show. Right. So, but if you do um, not eat there or whatever, there's plenty of options in Vegas. So then don't forget we're in Vegas. So again, the buffets are open. I think those are the best because then nobody has to be like, I want to eat this kind of food or that kind of food. I want to eat a lot. I want to eat a little blah, blah, blah. Most of the, if you go, my pro tip is go off the strip a bit so that, you know, the, the pressure of the number of people there from Ve- for SHOT Show um, disseminates, right? Vegas is going to have some level of, normal and shot show is the fifth largest show and it's after this is the show season so it's when vegas swells we're there so just in general all the places are going to be not full to the max but fuller than normal so the further you get away from the in, in center of all that the less crowded the places will be the less, the closer you can get uh, it's not just being lazy but you just walked a lot of miles at shot show you walk to your car or you also ubered uh you know I guess if you're Uber and this isn't an issue, but those of us that drive, going to a place that has parking a mile away from where you're going to eat isn't all that you know, fun when you just got done walking all day and you know you're walking for the next three days. So, you know, I'd rather I can see the advantage of going to like a Chili's. I mean, I don't ever go to chains if I can help it, uh, especially when I'm traveling. But uh, you know, going to a place where you just park out front, walk in, and sit down. There's a lot of you know, there's a lot of uh, advantage to just being able to do that. But, you know, the buffets that are off the strip and there's tons of hotels and restaurants and stuff that have all kinds of fun buffets uh, that are where you can just park and pretty much walk right in. And you've got all the time in the world. They're not pressuring you to leave. They don't need that table for nothing. Everybody can get whatever they want. People can strip off and leave when they need to. And anyway, I, I like the buffets personally. But again, you could do that with a sushi place. Uh, you guys sometimes, I don't know if you guys go, some of the guys go to those places where they just walk around with meat, throwing meat on your plate all night. Uh, there's sushi, you know, it's Vegas, so there's tons tons of options. Then there's parties, and if you're going to a party where you know there's going to be food, that's a whole nother thing. Let's not get into the after things. We've kind of already talked about that. But we're an hour in. I asked people for if they had any questions or whatever. If Clover wants to hit anything else where we're still on food, I guess we've hit a bunch of it. There's probably way more we could, I know there's way more we could talk about walking around with water, walking around with coffee, uh, getting beer. If you're into drinking beer for free, um, walking around, does anybody give you energy drinks? They might be actually, now that I'm thinking about it. So there's, there's potentials like that, or, you know, I guess adjacent to food, stuff like that. But we never even got to the part about walking in from the, the monorail. And we've talked about shot show, Almost. Yes, Maggie asked about Maggie asked about that, and I'm oblivious to the whole monorail thing. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Okay, well, so let's go. I'm gonna try to find that one. Did I see it? 
no, but uh, he must have asked it recently. So the one of the reasons I wanted to talk about like navigating or how to approach SHOT Show as far as what we're talking about today, uh, actually dealing with SHOT Show as far as like planning it and stuff is how you're going to get there. Uber is a thing. So if you're either, I mean, I'm assuming no one's staying at the Venetian. It's got to be the most expensive of the hotels, the one that's adjacent to it that you literally would just walk out of your room, walk down a few hallways and you're in SHOT Show. That is possible. What's his face used to brag about that? And it was like $400 a night back then. Yeah, we're staying. Uh, we did the math on it. So the entire Airbnb that we're splitting is like half the cost of one night at the for the entire week, right? The entire Airbnb that we're all splitting for the entire week is half the price of one night at the Venetian. <laughs> That's that crazy. So when you hear people like, yeah. I'm at the Venetian, I'm like, then you suck. You're you're leeching off of our industry. Like that's what personally I think because what the hell? Who could spend that kind of money and have you know organizations that need to be fighting for you know against these assault weapons ban and shit like that? No yeah. But anyway, um, and we know that they're gouging for the weakest shot. Somebody just posted about uh, how the weakest shot the prices are like eighty nine dollars a night, and then the weakest shot they're like three hundred to five hundred a night. So they, the, the hotels yeah. know when there's conventions there. Fifth largest convention. It's not SHOT Show. It's the fifth largest convention. They're not idiots. They have to make their money. Well, and, and the reason that they're free the rest of the time is because nobody stays in them the rest of the time. So they're empty rooms. And the reason they're empty is yeah. because they need the swell to hold us. So it's unreasonable to expect the lowest prices, the bargain prices during the times when they're actually needed, when they actually well, provide the service. We had a very cool place not on the strip is all i'll say about it that you know the price was absolutely freaking amazing at this hotel for what it was and everything else um and this last year for whatever reason you know uh like and it doesn't matter what day you go or anything else like it they i don't know if it got under new ownership or and they jacked the prices up because of that or if something else was going on I do know that over there where that was at, I do know they have closed down a couple of hotels um, when we were there last um, over in, the, in that area. So maybe because they closed it down, they, they, they're busier and they figure they can go up on the price. But, you know, the whole lodging price, you, yeah, you definitely got to be careful. It's going to fluctuate, um, you know, and then all types of factors from, you know, inflation or whatever it might be are going to all play a role with that too. So it's just going to be more expensive. So, um, yeah, figuring out your budget and then finding something that fits in that, uh, in that category. But were you going to talk about the monorail? Yeah. So, um, all right. So you, you got the, the new, the, the shot, the shot show had been in the one room uh, building for 10 years and it had the one entrance that we've been talking about and now it has this Caesars, I guess, and it's a two-year, three-year-old building that it's only been associated with SHOT Show for the first year this year. Next year will be its second year, so everybody's adjusting to it. And they didn't even tell us this until we got to the show. It was sort of alluded to, and it was mentioned on the maps, but when, we, when you talked to the guy, and I think we asked, and he didn't know, and I you know, literally asked a couple people, and they said no. So there was no consensus or awareness that this, the Caesars, the second building, which is a standalone convention center. It has nothing to do with Sands other than they do have an umbilical cord between them and they can close those doors anytime they want. They're two different buildings, but if someone were to book both buildings, they open up the doors and use the umbilical cord across. There's like a walkway across the 
alley behind the two of them. So the Caesars has an entrance and that entrance is actually pretty horrible. It's like underneath the monorail track behind this big Ferris wheel ride thing. There's like a giant Ferris wheel in Vegas now and it's behind all the casinos and this entrance to this is in this like twisted knot of roads and alleys and parking garages. It's pretty crazy, but it's definitely accessible. And as far as craziness can be in a city, it exists, right? It's not perfect, but it's not horrible. And it's a place where buses can drop people off. It's a place where Ubers and taxis and stuff can drop you off. There's no parking except for some of the parking we alluded to. You could potentially actually, Ooh, there's a couple of parking garages, which are now easier to walk into that entrance than it would be to walk all the way around to the through the casinos. So it actually opened up a couple of the parking garages and then the monorail. So the monorail is basically a letter U that goes up and down the strip. So I think it's a U or also maybe it's two. Wait, is there even one on the other side? I'm not really sure. I've never driven it because it costs money, but it's I think it's a U and it goes down one side of the strip, goes across and comes up the other side of the strip, right? Instead of being a circle, they made it a U. So it's just a, a what a little train thing. I think it's electric. You don't hear it. And it just goes back and forth. Now it goes to the other convention center. Well, so I guess it starts at the Elvis Hilton, the Hilton where Elvis used to hang out. And then it goes south past the real convention center where shot used to be the big convention center, the Las Vegas convention center comes down behind one hotel. And then it comes down the back alleys of all the hotels and it, it doesn't, it almost goes over the roof of Sands. It, it, if Sands wasn't there, it, like, it had to go around Sands. Anyway, the, the monorail comes down, it wraps around the Sands Convention Center, and then it books down these alleys behind all the hotels. And somewhere it goes down and goes around and comes up the other way. Well, everybody can go um, out the back door of the hotels, essentially to where they would go to their parking garages and just jump up onto the monorail. There's like elevators or escalators, or I don't know, I guess you get up there and then I think you pay like a pass or something. I don't know how it works. It's probably like a bus, right? You pay like 10 bucks for the week or something. And now you can zip around on that monorail. So normally it's just there. If you're on one end of the strip and you want to go the other side or down, up and down the strip, you just got jump on that monorail and you scoot along instead of a bus. Yeah, my wife got like a three-day pass for, I don't remember what it was, 15 or 25 bucks maybe or something. Okay, so it wasn't breaking the bank. That's the point. Yeah. Because yeah. she, she was just playing around. She used it to explore, basically. Yeah. And that was before it was connected to SHOT Show? No, that was this last, was last year, week. I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's the deal. So basically, there's this monorail that's been there a while. I mean, it's been there as long as I've been farting around in Vegas, probably. I remember when it got built or whatever, but yeah, you know, it's kind of a thing already. And I don't know how many people use it, right? It's not that great. But um, anyway, if you're on a hotel that's anywhere near the monorail, or you can Uber or walk to a monorail spot, now you just jump on that monorail and it scoots you right to the entrance of SHOT Show. Now, I'm sure that's not perfect. I'm sure at the morning it's super crowded. It's probably as crowded as something can be. It's the fifth largest show in Vegas, but it's an alternative to the only entrance there ever was, which was the main entrance, which had every Uber, everybody who didn't understand and was trying to drop their friends off. And then like every bus and everything else that was going on. Oh, there's, there's shuttle buses that if you're in a hotel somewhere off the strip, 
there'll be shuttle buses that pick you up. Like they'll pick up this hotel, that hotel, the other hotel, and then they'll bring you to SHOT Show. It'll go out empty, pick up this hotel, that hotel, the other show, bring it back to SHOT Show, empty it, you know, bring, go to the, it would just do a route like that all day. And then at the end of the day, picks you up at SHOT Show, drops you off at this hotel, that hotel. So somebody in these little van, you know, bus type size little shuttles, you know, somebody's job during SHOT Show is just to drive around that little loop literally all day long and people will be getting to the show on it. And then eventually people will be coming from the show on it with Uber and stuff. There's probably fewer of those, but um, there is that option. So anyway, there's uh, uh, you know, this, this monorail is basically the idea that there's two entrances to shot. So the pressure is relieved from the one and it's another experience because again, I mentioned that nothing about shot show really stays the same other than it's constantly changing all the time. So now like let's say you were Leatherman or Hogue or one of those companies that's right at the entrance all the time. You know, people are probably thinking, okay, I've bought that spot. You know, I'm here. Everybody, every gun shop owner in the country literally is going to be walking through these doors and they're going to see my brand, right? They're going to, the first thing they're going to see is my little thing I'm giving them, the little USB drive or something. Well, now they got to make a decision. There's two doors. And, uh, you know, that, that impression that's being made from people walking through the escalator or, I mean, down the escalator or whatever from the, did you get over there and go out into the foyer or whatever that's called? Like the, where you walk in the building from that at new entrance to see how impressive it is? No. Um, you know, the architects know what they're doing. It's, it's impressive. It's like walking into a big giant, you know, I don't know, maybe like an old U. It makes me think of like the UN or something. Like just a, it, it, they use the pre, the glass and the size of the building and and everything. It just it's it's impressive. You you walk into that side, the Caesars, and you go, all right, I'm here. Like I'm at a place, and there's this massive giant screen. You know, it's 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 a whole nother experience than like the cattle car experience of the other door, where you're you went down into a hole, you walked into some things, past all the smokers. And now you're standing in line to register. The other one is you come down an escalator into a glass filled foyer or whatever. And there's this massive screen, you know, showing you like the coolest vortex optics and stuff. And then you get down and there's, you know, obvious little line to register or whatever. And then you walk in, you know, to that big room that's got windows and stuff, right? Am I wrong? There's like windows. Like you can actually see that you're in the desert. It's awesome. Or that you're, you know, there's a sky up there. So that just that experience of SHOT Show is going to be completely different. So there's people that are going to go, okay, this is my first year of SHOT Show. They're going to get off the monorail and they're going to walk into SHOT Show and they'll never think of a basement. They'll never think of a downstairs. They'll be like, oh yeah, if you, if you go through SHOT Show into that other building, there is a downstairs over there. Yep, exactly. Okay, so, and that means that- We had some people, we had some people were, last year that did that. We ran into some people over there at Caesars. And uh, that literally thought Caesar was, was it. They yeah. thought Caesar, you know, they were like, hey, guys, you know, we, we just got here. You know, wow, this is big. That show wasn't like, that big, yeah. <laughs> they were like, wow, this is big. No, they were saying it was big. They were like, wow, this is all big. And they were like, um, yeah, it's pretty massive. And they were like, and you could just tell that they, they did not go across the street to sands you know it's like have you been across the street and they're like what they're like yeah most of the show's over there <laughs> you know and they're yeah so it was it was interesting 
And that's, I guess, something that you got to keep in mind, too, is there's going to be people that go in there. I mean, unless you're really paying attention or you're like following the crowd, because there's a herd of people going across the umbilical cord there. But if you're there's no big sign that says the rest of SHOT Show is over here or like most of SHOT Show is over this bridge. Right. Like if you're in that big room and then you go to those three little rooms, you might be like, oh, okay, those people might be going outside to smoke or something. But there was no big sign that was like, go to the rest of SHOT Show or was there? I don't remember anything. I guess that's something I failed to do is kind of pay attention to how they laid it out and, and organized it. I mean, I think I was at the time, but I don't remember it. So that's something I'll try to. I think the, I think the majority of people, right? I think, the, you know, whether they, they've heard it, other people talking or whatever the case may be, or they've done a little bit of the homework themselves. I think the, the vast majority of people understand there's something, you know what I mean? They understand kind of the, the size and, and everything. Uh, I think it's pretty rare you get a situation where somebody just sees part of it and thinks it's the whole thing. Um, I guess we'll talk about parking. Parking seems to be less of an issue than it was when now that there's Uber and there's two entrances. Um, but I still wouldn't recommend driving. Do you? Like driving to the show? Oh, I'll drive. Ghost and I were back and forth on that. We'll continue to drive. We've pretty much got it down pat at this point. I mean, some people have to. I'm saying I'm not saying. I mean, you have to sometimes. And yeah, I mean, if you're talking about yeah, in a situation where you're yourself, splitting, I don't think it's worth driving. Yeah, when you're splitting Airbnbs and you're not staying within walking distance, or you know, maybe even you know, decent, cheap enough Uber distance or whatever that, you know, uh, yeah, everybody's situation is going to be different. So well, but that's what I'm saying. Even in four days, I can't imagine Uber is anywhere near what a rental car would cost. Like you can Uber to the show, to a restaurant and back to a place and then back home four times in a day. And unless you're Ubering across be... town, you're nowhere near what a rental car would be. Uh... And then having no, to deal I don't with the rental you, car and then have to I don't park. think you are either, but you're looking at it as you don't have to deal with a rental car. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you, but that rental car also, people. but the rental car also gives you a little more flexibility and freedom. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, there's going to be a trade-off. I mean, you don't have that with the Uber. I mean, there's just something to be said about having a vehicle there. I mean, what if you, what if you really want to explore? What if you want to really get outside of Vegas completely or well, go all the way down so to the dam can, or you can whatever. rent Lamborghinis, you can rent Jeeps, you can rent like four wheelers. Like, I mean, it is Vegas. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, you're right. But there is, and I, you know, I mean, I drive, I'm not, not, you know, but I have driven or I have flown to Florida before. And so well, I'm trying to think about it and I don't want to make it seem like you need a car, especially if you're on your own. Like you can yeah, definitely uh, yeah, do this true. without a car. And, you know, there's a, there's the people that pack, like I'm bringing a suitcase and my carry on and my pockets are full, right? Cause I can, that's what I can bring and It's practical. And then there's people that are like, I bring a change of socks and a, a camera, you know, and, and people are going to travel differently. So there's that. Yeah. Everybody's just got to kind of figure out what works for them, you know? So you go um, talking about renting helicopters. I don't like to be in yeah. helicopters that other people have coughed on and stuff. So we usually bring our own all the time. 
And then I didn't even mention that because I figured I didn't want a bunch of people clogging up my helicopter pad up there, but you technically can helicopter right. just between your penthouse yep. and the roof of the sands. We like right. to parachute down or fast rope down because it's quicker than landing. All right, well, so it definitely went over an hour. We're going to now hit the questions 90 minutes into this thing. Do you mind sticking around a bit, or you got to go? Uh, yeah, we've got a little time. Um, what was that text Some kind of garbage, yeah. Um, Mill Surfer saying the app last year was super helpful within his first time, and that's something that I haven't played around with enough, but... I don't always have great internet and you know my goals are kind of all you know back and forth and up and down so it's been a while since i've actually played with tech there um playing with tech at shot is a whole thing and i you know that might be a year to do that again but um man i can remember when, i think it was 10 or 11 probably whenever it was just getting people were just barely getting comfortable at sands and they had these giant screens everywhere for instagram i think could have been twitter because I wasn't like against Twitter, but I'm pretty sure I'd never really used Twitter that much. So I'm thinking it was Instagram. And you, they would have these, uh, this was before your time, right? They didn't have, you, have you seen screens everywhere, like in the food courts and just around? And then it would be like, you could Instagram the NSSF and it would show up on the screen. Like you could comment on a post essentially and it would show up on the screen. Or no, you could hashtag something. Yeah. Anyway, so we'd sit around playing around in the hashtag and be like, you know, dude quit farting or whatever you know and it'd show up behind him you take a picture of you know it's just like you know or like it was also right. like uh you know hey we've got half off of and i shouldn't say half off so not most for sale but like you know remember the burgers blah 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 are like in the booth upstairs or something you know it'd be like announcements but anyway so the tech in there can be pretty fun and uh coveraging covering um Oh, I'm just reading your comment. Okay. Um, doing a, a, a coverage of SHOT Show on the tech. I don't know if anybody's done that in a while or at all, really. Yeah. So that might be interesting. But um, as far as the app, um, I don't know if too many people cover the app either. And I would think it'd be interesting for people going to SHOT Show. Potentially, you know, curiosity for people that have never been because people don't focus on it. But people that are interested in the show but, you know, aren't attendees or whatever. And then first NSSF itself for feedback. So if you're if you're enjoying the app, I'd recommend doing a series of uh, at least something about it uh, for all those reasons. Uh, we talked about navigating the food, so let's say we accomplished that one. I think there's questions about food though. So uh, when you you read that, is do they still have people in the hallway? I was thinking Smeggy meant those people like yelling ask me questions they got like a stick with a sign on it. it's like ask me questions i know and you know trying to get people who maybe are completely unaware of like yeah, some true. Areas. and yes and they do have those people yeah yeah, yeah. sometimes they're just a little bit more you know you're aware of them more than others right sometimes they're there and other times you got to look for them a little bit uh Ghost said left is also the organization's boots. I can't remember what we were talking, talking about. Talking about in uh, going into Caesars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Going down that hallway. So, yep. um, yeah, but there's also a bunch of stuff in there. It is, they did stick some of the organizations in there. And I asked um, a couple of them, and they said they're not in the same boots. So, you know, uh, not everybody stayed in the same places next next year. Right. 
not everybody was happy with their boots, I guess. Uh, so what time does it end? Uh, I guess folks looked it up. It's 5.30, and then on Sunday, or Friday, it's 4 p.m. or something. Yeah. Mill Surf is saying we Uber each morning to the show, the four of us. It's like $4 per person. Uh, I haven't Ubered. I have Ubered, I think, twice ever. So I, I haven't done it. But, yeah, it seems like a pretty um, efficient way to do it. Yeah, that's probably about right. I know the times that, that I've had to Uber um, or Ghost and I, I mean, it was, you know, around that 15, 16 bucks a pop, you know. And, of course, if you're dividing it multiple ways, it really doesn't matter much. But, but yeah, the, the, yeah, if you're splitting it four ways, not a problem. But if it's, you know, 15, 16 bucks and one person and you're doing that minimum twice a day and, the car is probably 40, 50 bucks a day, right? To rent. It can add up quick and then you don't have the freedom and flexibility of the of the car. But then you got a way do you need that freedom and flexibility? Like EO is having the car, are you likely to go do something else? Because it's gonna come with its drawbacks of you know Yeah, you got um, good points, and I don't want to discourage people. Let's put this as an option. If you're gonna be doing stuff at Shot Show, I keep saying go there early, stay late, right? So Get there, Uber to around, oh, and yeah. then when you're going to be doing your farting around or going shooting or doing something else in Vegas, then rent your car. So you're not wasting the because I hate renting a car and having it sit in the parking lot, right? Yeah, but you're right. Like having, and then if you want to be able to go to a Walgreens or something, or you want to be able to go eat what you want to go eat, being able yeah. to uh, get off the strip is super cheap. And yep. you know, if you're going to be paying an extra premium every time you do anything, so that you don't have to walk two blocks or two miles to get to it. Right, car gets real cheap again real quick. Well, Ghost is saying free drinks in the media room, and I don't know if we hit that or not, but that is a big point. Like we'll complain and whatever because the food fluctuates from being impressive and trying to keep us all happy to like, oh yeah, I forgot we have to feed you, and uh, sometimes they don't feed us, so we complain about that or whatever, or, like talk about it. But the drinks are fairly consistent when you talk about like juice, Coke specifically, juice, Coke, Sprite, Diet Coke and coffee and like the coffee is three different kinds of versions of coffee hot water like bowls of whipped cream and it's like a spread that you'd give a fancy hotel waiting room so they've never skimped on that i don't think i've never heard anybody complain that they couldn't goop up their coffee or whatever but if they give you two in a coffee cup it's not like well i guess tons of people walk around with like travel thermoses and stuff so you could totally fill up you know whatever kind of coffee contraption or thermos you got um, and you can always have cans of Coke, like Coca-Cola must sponsor this thing. Cause we get Coca-Cola, Diet Coke and Sprite. And I don't like any of them, but well, is there a third one or a fourth one? I don't think there is. I think I would be taking that. But, um, so if you need caffeine and sugar, that's, I think that's all day or am I crazy? Is that just at times? Um, this, this last time, consistent. this last time was not consistent, but I mean, that may have been because of. You know, leaving stuff out, people yeah. touching it, you know, the whole cough, cough thing. So, uh, but every other year that I remember, yeah, drink related stuff was always in the corner of the media room, like always sitting. There. A little bit of it. And then at times yeah. it gets really big. It swells when they, for whatever yeah, reason, like they would have one of the little bins with ice, you know, just one. But then, yeah, when it swells, they would roll out more. Sure. And like I said, there's restaurants behind each one of these. So it's just a matter of what they decide to dial it in that year. 
but that's a great point and I'll usually guzzle water water while I'm up there to keep hydrated even me being from the desert gets wasted in in Vegas it's a totally dry desert compared to the rest of the country so you can't drink enough water you're jumping you're running all around doing exercise too and then you know caffeine and sugar you know to your to your desired thing but um uh, and then you can carry it around with you. That's the other thing is you can grab a thing of water. Uh, if you really, what I like to do is drink about half of it and then pour some coffee in there. And I got some coffee water uh, and you can walk around with that. So now you don't, you're not tempted or necessary to go to the food courts to get water or drink or coffee or something like that. Um, soda. I mean, you're carrying around a can of Coke, but carrying around a free can of Coke is better than paying whatever. Well, worth mentioning. Worth mentioning, and we've talked about this before, about, you know, drinks and snacks and things that uh, companies keep in their booths. So if you're, you know, uh, you've got a relationship with a company, you know, be mindful of what they may have, you know, and if you walk by, you can grab a package of crackers and a, and a drink or something. Uh, most of the time they don't mind. That's why they brought they brought it. Um there's like I said, especially if it's just a random person asking is one thing, but if you've got a relationship with somebody with that company in that booth or whatever, they're going to give you a package of coke, uh, crackers and a, and a Coke. If you, you know, if you, you, you have a product one. and it's, unless it's completely unique and people are beating the path to your door to get it, you've got competition. You, uh, you decide to go to shot show, you pay for the real estate of the booth, you create a design and you create the booth, right? It, how elaborate or whatever it's going to be it's going to cost something you hire people to show up and be at shot show that you got to pay for their ticket and you got to pay for them to be there and you got to pay for their hotel and you got to pay for their food and you got to pay for their travel right you're going to get there you got to hopefully everything goes according to plan hopefully your booth's in a good spot and everything hopefully you know you're using the uh, resources available as far as the media and the 2000 potentially media people that are going to be there and everything they can offer. What's it cost to bring a selection of something in a cooler, like Red Bulls, Mountain Dews, right. Dr. Peppers, right. for your own staff? And then, oh, you look tired and you want to do a review? Let's sit down and have a Mountain Dew or something. Like, what do you need? Can I get you something? Oh, yeah. Not that everybody needs to be fed, but you know, think about that. Like, it's a massive investment to be there. And the people walking around are probably running around with their heads cut off or starstruck or some, or calloused over, right? Whatever it is, a kind yeah. gesture is, I can't even imagine. So hopefully people are listening to this from both sides and realizing that, yeah, like how do you stand, how to set that booth apart with all the stuff I just said, everybody at Chacho is doing that to some level. How do you set your booth apart? I don't know. Be the one that gives out, whatever people are looking for gave me one, you know, some kind of thing that I'm, you know, right. thirsting for. And it's oh, cold Dr. Pepper or something pretty much. I think is I can't say it's universal, but a whole bunch of people between Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper and a root beer or something is right. something that you're not going to get in the media room. Cause all they're going to give us is Coke, Diet Coke and Sprite. So boom, you know, you got that angle. Anything you give us that has taste is going to be better than the garbage, you know, prison food that they're going to give us up there. I shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean? There's like no, there's no alternatives or nothing. All right. Um, and if you gave somebody something that's in a bottle, what do they call like a one liter or whatever, like a Dr. Pepper in a bottle where you could put the cap back on, you don't have to drink the whole thing right then. That's what I'm saying. That little touch, 
that you're, that booth's going to get way more attention than some booth that's like, oh, it sucks to be you, huh? Must have dry mouth walking around here. Oh, you want to talk to me? Sure. Here's, right. a, here's a cough drop. All right. So uh, Snob is saying peanut butter crackers in your backpack and a good breakfast helps me skip lunch most days. Yeah, can't agree more. Um, maybe not, you know, whatever your mileage may vary with whatever the snack is you want, but you're allowed to bring your own snacks in a movie theater. Yep. And I mean, if you go camping or hunting or just traveling, you, you, you know, you've done this before. Like, it's just the same. Just remember a lot more water. Uh, Ghost says Monday night going to be Hell's Kitchen night. So I guess that's some restaurant. Yeah, right. Um, I guess we can't get too much into that. But again, keep in mind, we've been focusing on the show. There is the morning and I'll, I've mentioned this before, but most of y'all live east of here. So I, I can't remember if no Vegas is in a different time zone. Vegas is in the Pacific time zone. So 7 a.m. in Vegas is 10 a.m. in Eastern. Right. So 6 a.m. in Vegas is 9 a.m. for y'all. So you are going to be getting up unless you're completely fluent or whatever the word is like with your time schedule. Like y'all are going to be getting up whatever time you normally get up, six or seven, eight in the morning, you know, and that's whatever it is, five in the morning, three in the morning. I don't know. Does that happen to you? It doesn't happen to me because I'm with Vegas. You know, I'm over here. But for the people coming from the east, y'all are up easily. I don't have a show. problem. I will say this: I don't have a. I don't have a problem. Um, I don't get up shot show week, and it maybe it's 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 likely a combination of several things. It's a combination of being used to another time zone, but it's also probably the excitement factor and just ready to get things done and whatever the case may be. But yeah, I have no problems like the alarm goes off or whatever, right? Getting up. Well, I'm just saying like timing of breakfast before shot. Some people are like, I'm not going to be able to do stuff before shot show. It starts at 9 a.m. Like, yeah, but you're going to be getting up at 6 a.m. and waking, you're going to be wide awake at 6 a.m. In fact, you could probably get some video editing done in the morning as opposed to trying to do it all sluggish at night for people from the East Coast because the other way around, our 9 p.m. is your midnight. And I can tell you most of y'all ain't up at midnight or else y'all hate my show. You know what I'm saying? Like most people going to kick it the other way we're all going to be running around at 10 p.m and you're going to think it's 1 a.m yeah but in the morning like i say get the, the idea of getting together for breakfast it used to drive me nuts but now i understand why people from the east coast after a while i figured out like yeah people from the east coast were like going stir crazy in the morning waiting for shot show to start if they didn't go out and get just you know completely tired like the night before um so I, I, anyway, I like the I agree with the idea of uh, a big breakfast and then something to look forward to in the evening. There's some really cool breakfast places there too. Uh, she fires asking, "What's the app?" So NSSF or the Shot Show, whoever promotes Shot Show actually is probably the one that creates the app. But I don't know. But anyways, NSSF provides a, an app, a phone thing, and. Well, obviously, it's like anything. It's developing, but it's essentially what a map and a and a, and a list of of everybody that's there. Clover's yep. in the middle of doing some stuff. Yeah, um, no, I haven't. I haven't yet, but I'm about to. Um, yeah, it's it's the map's got the app has yeah the map the list of booze you can star different booze and put it over in a favorites list. You can make notes. 
um, it follows up to their website. I mean, there's a lot of, it's got a lot of things integrated in there. That's nice. Looking through the comments to see. So if anybody had a comment that we're missing, feel free to repeat it down there. Um, okay. I think we got back to where I remember seeing some comments and the only thing I see here would be she fires asking about the app. And then was there another one? Uh, Jacob is saying there's a place in Texas you can hunt hogs from a helicopter, which has nothing to do with what we're talking about, I guess. But there are things in Vegas that you can do. And there's the rental places. So if we're talking about facilitating, you know, just getting to SHOT Show and getting around. Um, there are off-site events that happen during the show that, you know, may or may not be valuable or of interest. But I don't know, like sometimes knowing what's available in the changing events of shot show is helpful you know just to know okay i can't do this but that means i can do that other thing i had no intention of doing uh, and some of those can be off you know out out events or what else are we missing today am i just grasping at straws now yeah i don't i don't know i don't see anything much okay well we're gonna it's we're heading into december and let me take a look at a calendar here. I know I've, I set up a countdown, so we're something like five, 50 days away or something like that. We're a good two months away, not even. So, and then we're gonna have the holidays there and the uh, holidays, if we keep doing this on a Tuesday, you know, people may or may not wanna do this the day after Christmas type of thing. So um, we've got another couple of shows. We don't need to beat a horse to death or nothing here, but, um, is there any ideas for you know what to? I know I wanted we wanted to do getting people together. Is that better to do in December or closer to the event? When probably December. Probably pre plan still. Yeah, probably probably pre holiday December holiday right pre. All right, so let's probably. think about the thirteenth and twentieth. If you if you want to get any any. Um, people that go as uh, exhibitors or people that go as gun shops or you want to get that in. I mean, you're talking about it being potentially rough for them around the holiday season and then leading up into shot show. It just gets busier and busier. And it's less and less useful if you're finding out things the week before you go. Right. So let's calendar here. Go. Why don't we uh, plan on then the next just open up a better calendar the uh let's plan on the 13th and 20th to be the panels so we'll, we'll do those in the evening i mean i don't think we're going to get a bunch of people to show up in the morning um i guess we could ask it doesn't yeah we probably can ask so if anybody wants to give us some feedback, if you're interested in being on one of those panels, which way is better for you? Because if two, three people that are new to SHOT would rather do it on one day, that makes our decision for us. Uh, we're gonna go, you know, need to ask some people that have been to SHOT Show uh, if they can join us on a Tuesday. It's not like it's an unreasonable ask, it's just a, a time that isn't prime time is all. But um, yeah, our goal though would be to have a show with people that have been to SHOT and then another show with people that have not been to SHOT. Um, so if you're interested in being either of those panels, let one of the two of us know, and we'll uh, be setting those up 
not for next week, but the 13th and the 20th. And then that way everybody's got, or yeah, everybody's got some time to, to plan or make a schedule for it or something. And if there's anybody that you might be interested in hearing from that we're just not thinking of, or, you know, might not be the first on our lists, then feel free to ask. We can always ask people and both of us probably know together. We probably know most of the people that people might be interested in. We can, uh, no, can't anticipate what everybody might be curious about. So Maggie's saying he's got his first time experience going. All right. Well, you don't have to ask us, answer us right now. So there's a bunch of people watching right now. So thanks everybody for showing up. We didn't do a poll or anything today. Uh, Clover's got a thing happening here. So I'll let him say whatever he wants. And then we'll end it. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was a good chat. We went off on the uh, rails, the monorail, maybe even. Uh, but anyway, went off the rails a little bit. But again, it's always about the direction of the chat out there. Um, and yeah, I look forward to other stuff. I mean, I don't need necessarily need to plug my projects and other things, but just say thanks to everybody that jumps in in the mornings and adds to the conversation and asks the questions. And, um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting shot 2023. Uh, shot always is. So it's going to be really exciting to see what uh, some of the, the new folks are able to do with it. Yeah, as much as this show is kind of a tangled mess, I would say it's also sort of a representative of the way shot can be. Like it's, you know, it is kind of, uh, it is what it is. Um, All right, we'll be back next week. And Oh, I was going to say, you didn't mention the sticker. So uh, Ghost and Clover have got a sticker that they've put together. And if they're still available, the deal is everybody buys one or whoever wants to buy them buys them. And then uh, at some point, I don't know if they've determined it yet, they're going to uh, say, okay, that's it. And then draw from the people who bought stickers, uh, somebody who's going to get $1,600 worth of stuff they didn't just buy $1,600 worth of stuff. They worked with folks to assemble $1,600 worth of stuff in a way to uh, collaborate and help them get to SHOT Show, help pay some of the bills and stuff, but also help promote some of these people that are going to be at SHOT Show. So, you know, we're capitalists, we're entrepreneurs, and we're, um, uh, you know, determine our own fate. So you don't go to SHOT Show and just take applications for, uh, sponsorships and stuff. You create that kind of stuff, right? So I don't know if you want to take a second. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but if you want to mention that better than I just did, but then maybe even talk if you want for a second about what, where did you get the gall to even come up with such an idea as to ask people to help you with something like this? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. So, you know, yeah, I can get how some people look at it that way. I get it. People go, oh, well, you're just raffling off some stuff or whatever. But here's the thing. I mean, you can be, we could either, because, I mean, it's a joint venture with uh, Ghost, myself, and, and a bunch of companies that we work with. So we could be really selfish, really selfish, and just go to these companies and say, okay, well, tell you what, give us, you know, 200 bucks a piece uh, to help with SHOT Show, and we'll mention you in a video or do this or that right or 
or let me back up because the price package is a $1,600 price package, right? So we could go and we could say, hey, to these companies, and there's 17 companies, so you do the math, not that much money per company, and say, hey, you know, we'll mention you, you know, you know, shoot us 800 bucks a piece, right? Or, you know, and then it's, it'd be done, right? We've got money in our pocket. We're going to SHOT Show. You know, big deal. We got to mention a company. Like, we do that anyway. Like, what's the big deal? Or we could include the audience and everybody else out there in this by saying, okay, well, instead of that, why don't these companies donate, you know, some stuff? We put that into a prize package. Um, and like everybody is participating, right? The, the viewers, the, the followers, the people out there. Uh, the other uh, colleagues, content creators, you know, they're able to participate as well and, and uh, you know, have a shot at actually, you know, winning a very cool prize package, getting some stuff. Um, so it's just, uh, I don't know, to me, it's a fun way of, of just kind of making everything exclusive. We're not just selling stickers to fund partially fund the shot show thing we could do that we could just come up with some stickers and sell some stickers sure but we've added those companies into the mix right and we've added you know uh different elements different moving parts and pieces and stuff with you know every sticker is an entry and every five stickers is an extra entry which wes out there um by the way you do not have to buy five stickers all at one time to get that extra entry. And actually, you can buy more than five stickers if you want. But every five, you get the the extra entry. Um, and you don't have to do that all at once. Wes out there uh, has been kind of buying them along the way, <laughs> picking up stickers along the way over the last couple of weeks. And he hit the five threshold earlier today. So um, in the chat out there, he, he picked up a couple, and, and that got him his free one. So. Um, yeah, it's just something, it's just, I don't know. I, I view it as a different way of doing things where everybody can kind of be involved at that, at that point. And it's just, everybody feels a part of the, a journey, a part of the exercise, you know, a part of the project. And, um, I don't know. You're, like it's you're looking at it as, as the user experience or like the people involved, you know, participating in it but then there's the angle of you know marketing side or the advertising side you put an ad yep. out there and it gets seen and you're you're maybe your your uh company name or your logo or something becomes a household name if you do it enough you pay for it enough does that yeah. create a buying decision i don't know but you know an alternative to that is you know having a thing where it's community based and focused and you got a bunch of people that are uh talking about it, paying attention to it, eventually somebody's going to get all that stuff. And more than likely, they're going to make videos and stuff, and then people are going to talk about it. So as far as reach and coverage and where those links are, again, having a billboard is nice, and it gets out there, and there's you know reasons for it, and it's why it exists and stuff. But in the days of that's all there was, yeah, billboards ruled. But when you've got ways to track and understand how word gets around or how concepts get moved uh, through people and stuff like the idea of having uh it's like guerrilla marketing. It's like you can, you can, you're having fun with it. The word's getting out there. You're, you're essentially getting better reach as far as 
links and where those links are and who's putting the links out and how often and intermittent it's it's completely organic it's grassroots you're getting regular people chatting about hey are you getting one of you know this and that and every time you're putting these links out there they're in places that aren't the places that get paid for so it's strategically it's cool and anybody can do it on almost any scale so if you're an individual going you know, if you don't like stickers, you like magnets. I know there's a thing doing magnet sales right now. Alan Anchor does posters and uh, uh, decals and stuff. Like you pick the medium that it is you can uh, find to be the catalyst or the seed. And then once you can sell a product to someone, you're not gambling anymore. Now you're just appreciating the people that have sold you stuff. It's, it's a technical way of not breaking a bunch of different state laws on creating a sweepstakes or something. Nonprofits, I think, can do something as far as just giving away stuff or selling raffle tickets. But when you sell stuff to somebody, you can say thank you. And that gives you this ability at any scale. So I think you guys are hopefully cutting away for a lot of people. I mean, think about the number of people that are going to SHOT Show, the groups, the individuals, uh, the reasons they're there. And there's some way that they could apply what Clover and Ghost are doing with their gun shops in the area, with the people that they work with, with the people who they're going to see it shot. And again, if you're the other side of this equation and you're desperate to make your shot show effective and you're interested in how to actually reach individuals and not just, you know, how to get the most ads to a bunch of kids that are watching frying pans get shot, there's, there's a lot to this. So I didn't want to, hopefully I'm not, putting you on the spot too much, but I think it's a great concept. And we're talking to people who are efforting to yeah. get there. You still got time. Your local gun shop, your people in your area, uh, the people that you work with in other realms that might just understand the concept of getting stuff out there. There's uh, there's a lot to that. It's interesting. Plus, you're just having fun. Like I said, like everything you mentioned there is just the fun side of it. Your, your, oh, yeah. your, yeah. your uh, audience, the people that participate, the people that are walking by and go, hey, what's going on here? I mean, you're making guns normal in a way well, just by having that be something that normally it would the, be like, you know, buy all this stuff for a computer, or buy all this stuff for your car. You know, the the, the footage uh, with the, the shorts that Ghost and I put out the last couple of days, we had the footage that uh, I had Gary to film when we were in Tulsa bus, you know, signing the the stickers and all, right? And the whole time we were doing that, it was like, oh, this just... This feels horrible, uh, you know. It's, it's like what a—it's a douchey feel, right? To be signing your name to these stickers and stuff, and it's like, but at the end of the day, you know, the stickers are limited to two hundred. There's got to be something, right? That I mean, we could just print two hundred stickers and throw them in envelopes, right? But there needs to be something since they're limited to two hundred, you know, that makes them special, and. You know, signing those, you know, I don't, I've never said they're autographed, right? Autographed to me implies fame and that sort of thing. Uh, but because they're signed, you know, it's just like signing a court document or illegal document or something like that. It kind of verifies it. And so, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was, it was, it was interesting, you know, doing that. And it was the last time that we, we did a similar thing too. Uh, so yeah, I mean the process is fun. It's it's also weird, and um, yeah, I mean it's something that you know as you can do. I mean, there's all kinds of different things if you're out there and you're 
trying to figure out, you know, funding mechanisms and, you know, how do we help, you know, offset costs because, you know, even at, you know, Ghost and I, our channels aren't, aren't huge. Um, you know, there's no way, I mean, you know, getting things completely 100% funded is extremely difficult, even for a huge channel. Um, you know, but any type of offset helps. I mean, if your fuel is covered, if your if your lodging can get covered, if your, you know, uh, food can be covered, that sort of thing. Uh, it all adds up. It, it all helps, you know, takes a little bit of the burden off. And, you know, that's one of the things. I mean, if we don't have to worry as much about, you know, how we how we get there. You know, because going to SHOT Show is not an option. It's like, for me, uh, and, and I do believe Ghost feels the same way. Um, Snob out there probably does too. Uh, it's not an option. It's not. It's like, I've got to I've got to get there, and I'm going to do whatever I've got to do. You know, having that offset just a little bit, in my mind anyway, I'm not going to put words in their mouths as to what they think about it, but in my mind, having a little bit, even a little bit of offset frees up some time worrying about how I'm going to get there to focus on how I'm going to attack the show or what I'm going to do during the show or what I'm going to do after the show, right? It's like I don't have to worry about the monetary facilitation of of all of that. And so where can I put that time and energy, right? You talk about it all the time with your projects and, and Patreon and the people that allow you to do the things that you do, right? Um, and it helps. I mean, it frees you up if you, if we've got to run around and, and, you know, spend eight, 10, 12 hours a day, just trying to keep the lights on, you know, just trying to pay for these trips, just trying to do for certain things that'll leave a lot of time in the day to, to be creative and think of new things and build new relationships to get people on podcasts and, you know, have those conversations or even in my case, help out other creators and, stuff like that i've spent a lot of time every day with with other creators uh, by the way go check out the uh, guntuber academy channel but um you know all of that comes at a price right and so uh yeah just a fun fun way to involve everybody is is that particular project of the sticker all right i think i just figured out well, why don't we do funding and costs next week what it costs to go to shot show how do you get there yeah, I'm I'm down for that. I think that can that can be a, a big deal. Uh, both of us are on a definitely on a different spectrum when it comes to that, and there are many multiple other types of spectrums when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, it's as spread as there are guns. That's the way people approach the show as far as money. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right, so uh, that'll be next week, and then the, then the, the two weeks after, we'll get people together to have. Uh, conversation about new with new people going and then with veterans okay what do, what do you think would be is there a strategic way to do that is it better to have the veterans get together first so that the new people can get that information if they want and then still have questions to ask there or the other way around have the new people ask questions and then get the veterans take on some of those new person questions i guess we don't have to make the decision now but that's a decision we can make you want to help us make it let us know in the comments Let's see. Goes the same thanks to everybody who's bought a sticker. And Domo is saying, very tense, gentle. Finally, unblock ads on YouTube. 
If it is monetized, do y'all get any ad revenue? Um, so an individual, I think what you're asking is if you use an ad blocker, is that going to bother YouTubers? No, because hopefully the only way you get money as a YouTuber is when you get a lot of views. So any individual not showing up doesn't matter at all. It's if everybody in the world stopped using or started using an ad blocker, I guess we would never see revenue again. To put it in scale, unless you're doing something that I don't know about, gun YouTubers might get, if they're lucky, like five bucks for a thousand views. And a regular YouTuber can be eight to $32 for a thousand views. So we're not making anywhere near the money that a regular YouTuber is doing, but YouTube isn't where people are making their money. There's millionaires, you know, you watch millionaires all the time. <laughs> you're watching a lot of millionaires and they don't make any of that from YouTube. YouTube gives them the credential to make the money, gives them the eyeballs that makes them the money, but right. they're not making it from yeah. YouTube. Yeah, that could be a rabbit hole. We could jump down that on the next one, maybe. How many millionaires you watch on YouTube? Well, no, talking about, if we're talking <laughs> about the funding to get the shot show, I mean, ad revenue on your channel and stuff like that. I mean, that could be part of it. Yeah, I think that'd be a cool GunTuber Academy thing. But yeah, we can hit it on. Well, we'll talk about money next time and whatever we hit. We hit. So if you want, whatever, people are watching this two hours in, you're probably curious and feel free to ask us questions. Otherwise, yeah, we'll come up with some stuff next week on costs and then we'll come up with a couple of shows on veterans and rookies. And then by then, I'm sure we'll have a topic for that next show. And pretty soon it'll be the show before SHOT Show type of thing. All right, this time we're definitely ending it. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Maybe I'll even get some kind of outro. Oh, you know what I'll do? I'll do one of my own outros. Or maybe I'll get a real outro for this show at some point. I always threaten to go turn on After Effects or something and make some more outros. Gearwebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is free patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at gearwebsites.com. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel. The guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com. Do, 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 do.